0: Welcome to another edition of Inside West Virginia Politics. I'm your host, Mark Curtis. My co-host, Adrian Robbins, will be along shortly. Well, the race for West Virginia governor really heats up this week, and we're joined by the latest candidate to jump in the field, Democrat Ben Salango, county commissioner here in Kanawha County, the largest county uh, in the Mountain State. You announced this week. Why do you want to be governor of this state?
1: You know what? I really want to bring West Virginia into the 21st century. There's so much that we can do from an economic standpoint. Uh, from a social standpoint,
0: uh, things that I've been doing in Kanawha County that I believe that I can do statewide. You talked a lot in your announcement about Governor Justice. Of course, you have a primary and there's some pretty hefty competition sure. in your primary, but you were very critical of Governor Justice and how you would do things differently if elected. Talk about that.
1: Well, I, I think I, I want to show the difference between how I would do it and how he's doing it. And, and quite frankly, you have to show up for the job. You know, it's it's a full-time job and we need a full-time governor. And we need somebody who actually wants the job rather than a title. So uh, my, my position is going to be, I'm hands on. I've been hands on in my business. I've been hands on in the Kanawha County Commission. and.
0: Uh, you know, I'm going to work hard and make sure that I get things done. Now, in fairness to Governor Justice, because he doesn't get to come out and defend himself, at least not today. I mean, his argument is the technology today with faxes and cell phones and computers. He can be in Lewisburg. He can be in Wheeling. He can govern the state from his truck or, or, or whatever. He doesn't have to be in the governor's mansion, let alone the Capitol. You beg to disagree on oh, that? that?
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's not true. I mean, I have the same technologies here as Kanawha County Commissioner, and I will tell you that you have to be present. You have to be there. They say that 80 percent of the uh, Job is showing up and uh, you have to show up to do a good job so uh, we have those technologies in Kanawha County but I also do face-to-face interviews I call people I, all the time email but uh, this this is a job where you have to be present you have to be in the mix from the beginning you have to be proactive rather than reactive and you can't
0: do that from a hundred and some miles away. And I should point out you're not shy about texting me when you've got something (laughs) to say too. Look, you've been on the county commission only three years. That's not a lot of political experience, Um, but the thing you're probably best known for is the Shawnee Sports Complex, which is the huge regional sports complex here, kind of on the border of Dunbar and Institute, which is attracting uh, a gazillion soccer tournaments and players from all over the country. Talk about that as an example of your work and, and how you would like to expand upon something like that in the governor's office.
1: And when I say that I, that I want to bring West Union to the 21st century, those are the types of things that I'm talking about. We need to think outside the box. And Shawnee is a perfect example. I mean, we had, we had a golf course there that was losing money, losing about $100,000 a year. And we converted it to a multi-sport complex that brings in millions and millions of dollars a year. I mean, just one tournament this summer, we brought in over $20 million. Uh, A series of four tournaments with USU soccer brings in $56 million. I mean, that's the type of -of out-of-the-box thinking that uh, that we need in the governor's mansion
0: the downside of it though is there's been criticism we don't have enough hotel capacity we don't have enough restaurants i mean what are you going to do especially with this beautiful coliseum and uh, convention center that's now been refurbished how do you bring that into the mix how do you bring more stuff here but yet accommodate enough people who are coming
1: well as you may have noticed we have had uh, hotels remodeling in the area we have a new hotel that just opened out in taze valley WE'RE GOING TO HAVE SOME ANNOUNCEMENTS VERY SOON ON HOTELS. SO I DON'T LOOK AT THE LACK OF HOTELS, THE LACK OF ACCOMMODATIONS AS A PROBLEM. I look at it as, as, as an opportunity. Yeah, it's a challenge.
0: Well, let me ask you what's the biggest challenge in the state. It's the opioid crisis. One of your opponents is Dr. Ron Stallings, sure. who's been in the state senate for 16 years. He claims a lot of expertise in that area. How are you going to be able to counter that in the campaign and say, my ideas for fixing the opioid crisis are better than Dr. Stallings?
1: Well, you know what? I have, uh, I have expertise as well, and it's an expertise as a lawyer and taking on the big companies and shutting them down if I have to. I mean, I'm not afraid to stand up to big companies and say enough is enough. I've been doing it for over 20 years. Also know that we need to choke out the illegal drugs flowing into West Virginia as well, shut down the pipeline, and, uh, and bring West Virginia back. We're, uh, we're really struggling with opioids and illegal drugs.
0: All right, I'm gonna put the invitation out there. We want you and your other opponents to deba- debate on our network of five TV stations in West Virginia well before the primary. Absolutely. We wanna give you guys as much coverage as possible. We wanna thank uh, Ben Salango, Kanawha C- 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 County Commissioner, now a Democratic candidate for governor. If you've got a website for your campaign, make your pitch.
1: BenSalango.com. You can also follow us on so- social media.
0: That's easy to remember. bensalango.com. Great to see you. Congratulations. You. We look forward to covering the campaign with you and the other candidates. Thanks for having me on. I we,
2: you.
3: we are going to begin with Congresswoman Carol Miller today. Uh, coming up on your one year as a Congresswoman, Republican from West Virginia, thank you so much for being here with us. I'm so glad to be here. Tell me, it's, it's been almost a year. What would you say is your proudest accomplishment so far?
4: Well, Being an ambassador for the state um, has been a wonderful thing to experience. Um, I've had a few bills go through or been proposed. Probably the most valuable experience was my very first amendment passed with everybody except for three people voting for it and that was to double the amount of money going to children and babies with um, neonatal abstinence syndrome
3: obviously an issue that is very close to home here in West Virginia. Another thing that you're working on that could have a lot of impact here in West Virginia is the Accelerating Individuals into the Workforce Act. Tell us a little bit about that.
4: It's to help those who are on TANF, give them a leg up working with businesses that will hire them. And um, the TANF fund, so to speak, will help pay for them, giving them good workforce experience just to help them move on with their life. We talk
3: a lot in West Virginia about how the jobs are out there, but we have a declining workforce. We're not exactly getting people to fill those jobs. Do you think this program could help that problem?
4: Well, that that's the point of the program, is to get them out and involved again and, and understand the satisfaction you have of holding a job and being part of a workforce and being out with people. And
3: my understanding is the state is gonna partner with some employers to um, incentivize them to do this. Is it money that's being sent that way and where's that money coming from? Where's
4: the incentive? Well, the incentive is from the TANF fund that they will pay for 50% of the employment for the individuals as they come forward. Well, obviously that's not all you've been working on. New River Gorge National Park
3: and Preserve Designation Act. Uh, We saw that bill go through in the Senate from uh, Senator Capito and Senator Manchin. You've done a partner bill now in Congress. Tell me, why is it important to make sure the New River Gorge does get this designation?
4: Well, we have such wonderful tourism opportunity in West Virginia, and the statistics are that if it is designated as a national park, that it increases nearly 25% the amount of people that will want to come. And I knew that Senator Capito, this had been her baby, and you know she and Senator Manchin have worked on this to move it forward, and I wanna make sure it goes through the House, so I've done a, the same bill as well. It is obviously
3: very beautiful down there, and we want more people to come out here and see it here in West Virginia. Yes. Uh, And then uh, let's move on to the Ride Act. Now, I found this really interesting because it's an issue that the opioid epidemic has obviously brought that we don't normally see a lot of attention to. What's your part in that
4: act? Well, I think it's important that we study the effects of driving while under the influence of drugs as well because we, we've we done alcohol and it's difficult to determine mm-hmm. what some people are under the influence. And so we, we're studying this to see how we we can help mitigate that situation. And then finally, while we have you here,
3: obviously it's a pleasure having you here in West Virginia, get you off of Capitol Hill for a little bit. but. You know we've been talking a lot about the va investigation in clarksburg and the unfortunate passing of those veterans uh senator manchin has talked about possibly a congressional investigation is that something that you're looking at and what are your overall thoughts with this
4: investigation well it's a horrendous thing to happen to those people who have given and dedicated their lives to our country and to be in such a vulnerable position. So absolutely, um, I'm very much interested in an investigation uh, as far as giving an opinion. Um, We need to look into all the aspects of what has happened at this point. It's just a very sad thing to have happened in our state.
3: And I believe Senator Capito and Senator Manchin have said that they would support a congressional investigation after the criminal investigation is wrapped up. Is that something, if that doesn't give us answers, would you support a congressional investigation? Sure,
4: absolutely. I mean, we we need to investigate and find the facts of what's behind this. All right, well, thank you so much for being here. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have. Good
3: luck up in Washington, D.C. Thank you for coming. We're gonna have much more inside West Virginia politics coming up next.
0: Inside West Virginia Politics is brought to you by AARP West Virginia, your ally for real possibilities in the Mountain State. Welcome back this Sunday morning to Inside West Virginia Politics. We're honored to have U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito, Republican of West Virginia, with us this morning. There's so much to talk to. You know, I learned when I was a congressional aide, don't ever refer to the district work period as recess because it makes it <laughs> sound like you guys are out having fun. And actually, you bounced a soccer ball off your head this week. So I did. we'll have I did. to we'll have to show that. That was out at Shawnee. You were here on <laughs> tourism at the Shawnee Sports Complex. But there's so much to talk about. You're doing so much during the the district period before going back to Washington. First of all, let's talk about this VA. Investigation. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is getting really troubling and disturbing to a lot of people. Many of us know who the person of interest is in this mm-hmm. case, although she hasn't been named publicly. But where where are you with in terms of Congress looking into this
2: investigation? Well, I've made numerous contacts with the VA, talked with the director, talked with the OIG, talked with the U.S. attorney, who's. Uh who's charged with the investigation of this case and possible criminal indictment. I'm as frustrated as everybody else of how long this has taken, and I I really don't understand why. Uh, When you think about um, the families, you think about some of the information that's leaked out uh, in terms of numbers of families and uh, access to medicine and all the questions surrounding. But as I talk to the, the folks that are investigating, they have said, That uh, before we move forward with the Senate investigation, they need to complete their investigation and move towards any kind of criminal indictment if that's what they choose. But it's just incredibly sad, appalling and um, shameful that number one, it's gone on so long or that it occurred in the first place. It's it's very disturbing.
3: Even after a criminal investigation is completed, could a Senate investigation be warranted just to make sure something like this never happens again? It seems like there were quite a few loopholes that allowed this to go on
2: for as long as it did. I think we will have a Senate investigation. I think we need to know uh, was the VA responsive enough, quick enough, what quality measures were uh, in place in that hospital or is that VA policy? Who was, uh, I I saw recently uh, that in in a Washington Post article that uh, a person of interest was uh, allowed to practice uh, with fraudulent credentials. Uh, That is troubling. And, and in and of itself, I think there's just a whole lot of unanswered questions that an indictment won't answer, but a Senate investigation would definitely be merited.
0: Well, we're going to keep on top of the story as we have been for the last couple of months. Uh, turning to another subject, broadband. You know, that's been your biggest passion. Right. One of your biggest passions is the, the Capito Connect plan. Five million dollars this week from USDA right. to expand broadband in West Virginia. Is that enough or is it just another piece of the pie and we're going to get more down the road?
2: Well, this is USDA money. And if you think about USDA, you think, why would Department of Agriculture be in well, the Department of Agriculture was originally uh, um, charged with deploying electricity everywhere through their rural development. This, that's what this is. This is dollars that have been repurposed for broadband deployment, which is something through Capito Connect I've worked on aggressively. Two big grants, one in Mon and, Fer- and, and Marion County and one in uh, Preston County. It's gonna, the, the estimates of service to individuals and homes is in the thousands. So it will make a difference. It's too slow, but it's actual dollars to actually get the fiber to the home. And that's what we have to do.
3: Another really exciting thing to come out of this recess is your bill on New River Gorge, and the possibility of making that a national park. We know how beautiful it is down there. Hopefully other people will learn as well. What other benefits would a bill like this have for West Virginia, and particularly that part of West Virginia?
2: Well, making the New River Gorge National River a national park and preserve, I think will be uh, a, a, a huge addition to tourism, economic development. You know, people travel from National Park to National Park as a family. They're, uh, that is a whole, they say 30% more visitation uh, with the designation of a National Park. Think of what that will do to the residual businesses all around the area. So I put the bill in to, uh, uh, and I'm am, am very much uh, excited that uh, Senator Manchin joined me, and we are gonna uh, work hard to make sure that we get that National Park in the, the Fayette, Raleigh County area. It, it'll be beautiful and we'll share it with more people.
0: We're down to about 30 seconds. The U.S. Tourism Commission was here this week yes. looking at Shawnee Sports Complex. Right. You got, as I said, got to bounce a soccer ball <laughs> up your head, but <laughs> yeah. how important is the regional sports tourism market? What will it bring it's
2: to the state? It's huge, I think it's millions of dollars. And we had that soccer tournament down there uh, that we shared also, it's a regional approach because we used fields in, in uh, Barbersville and in Cabell County. Uh, I think the restaurants said they had the best summer. Uh, The hotels said they had the best summer. Directly attributable to that sports complex.
3: Very exciting, especially for this
2: region. It is.
0: Absolutely. All right. We want to thank U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito, Republican of West Virginia. Stop by anytime you're in town. We'll do it. Thank you both. Welcome back to our final segment this Sunday at Inside West Virginia Politics. We're going to talk about the economic future of the mountain state of West Virginia. Joining me is Professor John Deskins. He is with the WV John Chambers School of Business and Economics, correct? Yes. And your title with the school is? Uh, director of the Bureau of Business and Economic Research. Okay. We look forward to this every year. You are uh, in Charleston. You're traveling the state to uh, four uh-huh. other cities to present the economic outlook for West Virginia 2020 through 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were here in uh, Charleston this week, let's talk about that. What is the what does the economy uh, in the in the short term hold for the Mountain State?
5: Sure. Well, I mean, for one thing, we have reasons to be positive and reasons to celebrate in West Virginia. As, as everyone knows, we suffered a big recession from 2012 through 2016, but since then we've been growing, and we expect the economy to continue to grow. Uh, GDP has been growing, income has been growing, tax revenues have been growing. And we think, for the most part, growth is going to continue. So that's a positive for sure. I was uh, at your
0: presentation at the conference this week, and you talked a lot about the energy sector. Uh, we've had some obviously ups and downs with uh-huh. the coal industrial gas, and it picked up pretty good uh-huh. in the past couple of years, but now
5: we see maybe a bit of a downturn. What's the future in that sector? Well sure, I mean for one thing, coal is clearly the big driver of the suffering that we saw in recent years, but coal has bounced back to some extent. Um, The thing is, the growth that we've seen in recent years has been really concentrated. Overall we've added about 12 or 13,000 jobs over the last two and a half years, but the vast majority of those jobs have been in energy, have been in either coal, natural gas, or natural gas pipeline construction. So energy kind of in some sense led to the downturn with losses in coal, but energy is now driving us forward. It's good that energy's doing that, but we want growth in a bunch of different sectors. We don't want the growth to be so concentrated in one sector. We want to celebrate that growth, but then get growth to spread out across other parts. Let's talk about that because I think there's a common perception
0: that, uh, you know, high tech is Silicon Valley or yeah. it's in Boston or Austin and mm-hmm. that
5: it's too late for us to get our share of the pie. True or mm-hmm. not true? And how do we get it? Well, the thing is, I don't know of one specific industry that we want. I mean, high tech may work here. I think it actually has potential here in certain parts of West Virginia for certain high tech industries. But you know, we're not San Francisco. We're not Boston. What we need to do is find the industries that work for West Virginia. I mean, we have specific strengths and weaknesses and challenges and opportunities, and what we really need to focus on is not one industry. We need to focus on. Uh, Created an environment that's supportive and conducive to small business startup and growth and we need to, ne- need to let entrepreneurs experiment. We need to let them figure out what works and what doesn't work for West Virginia. That's the real f- way to find the right industrial mix for our circumstances. What do you say to the young students
0: out there? We probably have some high schoolers watching today or students who are in college. Uh-huh. I mean, where do you encourage people to look for, uh, for careers? I mean, what are the growth
5: sectors where there may be a lot of opportunity uh-huh. beyond high tech? Well, I mean, in West Virginia, professional and business services, people like business and marketers, and that industry is the fastest growing industry in our forecast over the next few years. I mean, healthcare, for example, has been one industry in West Virginia that has been strong for a long time and continues to be strong. It's a very stable part of the economy. That's a good area. Uh, But, you know, I don't have particular recommendations that go into this industry versus go into that industry, but what we do know for sure is You know, human capital is so important, right? The difference between the wages earned by someone with just a high school diploma versus someone with higher levels of skills, that difference is getting wider and wider and wider all the time. So these young people need to, you know, be sure that they're making themselves very marketable. They need to get a college education. They need to get a good uh, two-year technical education in welding or some trade, Uh, but just to make sure that you have marketable skills that you can sell because low-skilled labor, not, not uh, you know, not where you want to be.
0: Yeah, because the one thing we don't want to do is export our kids, train them, educate them here in West Virginia, and then send them across you know 500 miles
5: from here to work because we don't have jobs for them here. So we have two different pieces of this puzzle, right? We have to. Uh you know we we can't get businesses to come to West Virginia unless we can convince a business that we have the workers that they need who are educated trained skilled healthy and drug free but at the same time if we make someone you know you know highly skilled healthy drug free if we have a good young person if they can get a job here, they have to go elsewhere to look for it. So we have to do both things at the same time, improve education outcomes and training outcomes, but it also create job opportunities for those people so they can stay. It's complicated. It's not easy, but that's what we have to do. Well,
0: we want to let folks know they can get out to one of your conferences. The very first one was in Charleston, but you have four more uh-huh. around the state. We're going to put those locations and dates on the screen, but it's the Economic mm-hmm. Outlook from West Virginia University. John Deskins, professor uh, at the uh, John Chambers College of Business and Economics. Great to have you on. We l- you. welcome you back every year to update us on the state of the economy here here in West Virginia. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Inside West Virginia Politics. You can hear more from state, local, and federal lawmakers each and every Sunday morning on WOWK-TV in Charleston, WBOY-TV in Clarksburg, WDVM in the Eastern Panhandle, WTRF in Wheeling, and WVNS in Beckley. You can also find a new episode of the Inside West Virginia Politics podcast right here on this feed every Monday morning. If you like the show, make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Inside West Virginia Politics is a Next Star Media Group production, hosted and managed by Mark Curtis, produced and edited by Stephen Shaw, Craig Poole, Rick Johnson, and Micah J. Carpenter. Inside West Virginia Politics is recorded and edited inside the studios of WOWK-TV in Charleston, West Virginia. All rights reserved.